Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, oh, here we go. It's back. That's right. American football season is coming back next week. What that means is we need to get the preseason stuff out of the way so that we can get on with week one. Myself and Paul sat down to discuss all the ins and outs of the off-season and uh, get you guys up to speed, ready for week one. So, if you're watching us on YouTube, getting all those lovely videos, big thank you. If you're also subscribing, that's a real big thank you. If you're just listening along, that's fine. But if you could subscribe, that'd be amazing. Uh, you can also jump over to thecookiecast.com, check out what we've got going on over there. We've got social media links uh, and even an email button. You can tell us who you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Anyway, let's get going. So here we go. This is CookieCast. Lace is out. Recording in progress. I'd, I'd love it if they hadn't removed the freaking button. Recording is in progress by the looks of things across the board. Uh, and as Paul's cup would suggest, this is a football podcast. But a, different, oh, a different kind of football podcast. Uh, it's that time. It's that time of the year. As we've, as we've seen today... The Dark Knights are rolling in, and I ain't talking about Batman. That's right. Let's get to the back end of the year. It is today, number one, September. Also known as the 1st of September. And that could only mean that in a mere few days, the toy box will be opened again. Pandora's box will be opened. And I'll be able to play with my toys again for another few months of the year into next year and that's right it's american football season's back baby the nfl season starts in one week it's been a long time uh if you audio listeners i'm here and my glorious co-host the NFL podcast, Mr. Paul Williams, uh, confirmed number one in uh, in NFL podcast in Yorkshire. Confirmed, unless anybody disputes it. Um, so it'll be that sort of thing, won't it, where someone will just come along and start one up as a as a as a piss take or something, like that, just to take it off. Yeah. They have to take us down, which you know. Being the juggernaut that we are, it's, it's going to be a tough task. As with a lot of podcasts that go in seasons, we like to sometimes get together just before the season starts and have a little chat about, you know, especially in NFL sense, the off-season, the movers and the shakers, all the different things that go on around the league. A lot of it's to do with where where people have ended up Obviously, the, there's a heavy fantasy football element, and I know that people like to get all of their fantasy football information 
just before the start of the season, just before doing their own drafts. So we're here to give you as up-to-date information as we can, bearing in mind that some of the information we're going to unleash is fresh in the last 24 hours. So... What we'll also be doing is starting uh, starting off the trend for the season. The trend is each week, in theory, we'll have a different guest, sometimes even guests. And what we will be doing is asking those guests what they think the Super Bowl teams are going to be, which the winning team is going to be, the Super Bowl MVP and the season-long MVP. Myself and Paul in this podcast are going to get uh, get our picks out there into the world. See what people think to those. But before that, let's have, let's have a little little look at the way the league looks. Um, obviously, the last couple of years have been difficult testing, trying. All of those sort of things for the NFL. Um, it's been commented previously and by other people that the NFL has kind of managed to uh, navigate through the the difficult waters of things like the pandemic and the virus. Um, but it certainly hasn't been easy, and uh, we're still to this day seeing uh, seeing ripples from that now. So, lots to discuss. We've got um, roster moves, last-minute roster cuts. I think we've had the the 53-man cut-off in the last day, which has brought about some surprising cuts. Um, Lots to go through. So, uh, Mr. Williams, where would you like to start? Well, I have made some notes to uh, to go through on... uh... What's what's been a, a quite a quite a detailed and, and busy uh, off season period, but obviously the, uh, the 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 first place to start is obviously with the the big saga of the summer, which was the Aaron Rodgers will he won't he dance with Green Bay. Yeah, um, that, that particular saga came to an end uh, at the beginning of training camp when he agreed to rejoin the Packers on the condition that he can control his future after the upcoming season. So obviously there was a lot of talk of him saying that he was going to retire. Yeah. He was just going to basically walk away from his last couple of years on his deal. I I never believed that for a second. Nope. I didn't think that was ever going to be the case. Um, yeah, it's... It, it's I... I never felt it was as bad as other people were making it out to be. It's off-season drama, isn't it? Like, this is the thing. I think it was... It all, obviously, it all stems from like him saying that at the end of last season, he was he was promised by the uh, by the back office last season that he was he would be allowed to be traded at the end of last season. And then he's obviously put in his request for a trade... And they've just turned around and told him with the best will in the world to politely get fucked, basically. Yeah. Sit down, shut um, up and do your fucking job. Yeah. So it's all gone so it's all sort of uh, gone from there and become a bit more hmm, what's the best word to say? 
Strained? Yeah, we'll go with strained. Yeah, I think I think the biggest issue in that whole in that whole thing is that everybody involved believes the same thing, and that belief is that his job isn't done at Green Bay until he gets that ring, until he gets a Super Bowl ring playing for Green Bay. The job isn't done from their side and his side. No matter how much he wants to fight against it, that. I deserve a ring. And, and and I will clarify that by saying every single season he deserves a ring. They just they just can't close that deal for whatever so, reason. I mean obviously he's, he's he's already got one. So the one in two thousand ten or yeah. two thousand eleven. So he's he's obviously got the one, but I think in his head he's always been there's always been the sort of the Brett Favre yeah. comparison, obviously when he came in and stuff like that. And then it was quite it was quite funny, really, because obviously in the pre not not the draft that's been done this year, obviously in the 2020 draft, the big story was the fact that in the the Packers took Jordan Love in the first round, and obviously it's a big statement when you take a quarterback in the first round. It's yeah. obviously usually teams that are either struggling and need that bump straight away, or it's teams that are planning for the future. Um, and it was quite funny that obviously when he was drafted in 2005, he was taken, shock horror, in the first round by the Green Bay Packers, who had, at the time, the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Um, so it was just a bit of a be careful what you wish for sort of life comes full circle jobby. And it was um, it was quite funny that he was his, his toys went out of the pram when he should have basically just cast his mind back fifteen years previously mm. when he was in the same position as Jordan Love. It's not Jordan Love's fault that the team mm. have decided that he's at, he's like their quarterback of the future. Um, it's not his fault that Aaron Rodgers isn't ready to retire. So it's it's one of those like unfortunate situations where they just need to work like they need to work together so that. Love is ready in like say two or three or four years time or whatever to, to start taking reps and and become the the starter moving forward. But I always felt I, think, yeah. I always felt like it felt like bad business sense on Rogers' part. It always felt to me like how do you not see what's happening here? They're not like oh we're getting a quarterback so we can push you out. They're not getting a quarterback to play them over you. There, it's it's the new it's the new puppy when you've got an old dog principle. You get the puppy when when you've got the older dog, so the older dog can show the puppy the the ropes before the older dog goes off to live on a farm. I mean, that is that is the sensible approach, and that's that's what most normal people would realise. But obviously. I think he's 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 always had he's always had like question marks against his like his temperament and stuff like that. And he's always he's always come across a bit of a spiky character. I mean, I've 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 said for probably at least three seasons, he he, he just looks miserable. He just looks miserable, and whether that's just just how he looks on the field, whether because you know he doesn't look like that in all the adverts he does. 
So whether that's just like, you know, game day mentality or something like that, but he just looks miserable. It is a, it is a strange one. I mean, I, I know what you mean. Obviously, like, you see all these like adverts that come up during the game and stuff like that, and you see, obviously, like the, the interviews that he does sort of either before the games and stuff like that. If you watch back, say, for example, is... Um, America's game when the Packers did win the did win the Super Bowl. He obviously comes across as a guy who you know obviously can give an interview, can be perfectly charming, you know, and a little bit funny and stuff. Like that. He, he did a spend, he did a stint host hosting Jeopardy mm-hmm. in the states and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's obviously got personality in there. I don't know if it's just he must, he must just be his makeup, but yeah, t- to me he's, he's always come across as a as a bit of a. A, a bit of a dick, to be honest with you, which is just like the way that the, the sort of the the aura that he gives off, and I, th- I think everyone was obviously saying as soon as as soon as they drafted the love last year, everyone was saying that last year turned into the Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Aaron Rodgers go fuck yourself tour, basically yep. the um, the pa- and the and it was the Packers march to the Super Bowl and stuff like that, but yep. which obviously got derailed by uh, Tom Brady and his and his Buccaneers. Unfortunately, but um, it's it's all sorted now. He's he's obviously he's there. He's there to stay for at least another year, and then obviously, if they can get over the hump of the NFC Championship game and get to the Super Bowl, who knows if he if he does get him another win, and then he can he can sort of ride off into this as well. What I was going to say earlier was that I think he's got the he's got the one ring. I think the Green Bay Packers have now got four in total. He's won one, five, one and one, and then Bart Starr won them the first two. So I think in his head, is he maybe thinking, well, if I can be a part of a team that gets a second Super Bowl, does that then put me ahead of Brett Favre in the in the like the fans' eyes, and then he can sort of ride off into the distance as the Packers' best ever quarterback and stuff like that, but. Who knows? Speaking of uh, speaking of quarterbacks that have uh, rolled off into the distance, um, Drew Brees over the uh, over the coming off oh, over the off season uh, decided to uh, hang up his cleats, finishing his career with eighty thousand three hundred and fifty eight passing yards. But more uh, more disappointingly for the surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, only one Super Bowl ring. Yeah. I was surprised. I was really surprised. I honestly thought he had another season in him. And I know from seeing things, um, I think the one for me was was the Andrew Luck thing. When he when he announced retirement, it was like what? And then it was reference to the the level of injuries that he'd sustained in quite a short space of time. Obviously, Drew Brees had that injury last season and I think everybody was kind of feeling that he maybe came back like a game or so too soon and it's stuff like that it's that that pressure that's put on you when when you're injured when you're not at 100% probably not even close to being you know 50% those are the things that force decisions you know I can't imagine at this point in time he's short of a few quid and it's that I probably don't need this anymore, but I honestly thought he had another another season in him. Just maybe, just maybe go after that ring again and just 
Just one more, I, one more shot. I think if they'd have, I think if they'd have got to the NFC Championship game, or even got to the Super Bowl and lost, he'd have been more tempted to stick it out for one more year. But the fact that they got beat in the divisional round, mm. I think. Yeah, I think they lost. They lost to the Bucks in the divisional round. So I think the fact that they were still, from his perspective, at least another two games away from the Super Bowl when they actually when the season finished, I think that maybe put a little bit of, a little bit of doubt in his mind as to how strong the team was moving forward. And they always say that like your, your team rarely sort of gets better season on season when you're when you're performing at a, a consistent level and stuff like that. Obviously. Mm if you can be creative with your off-season like free agency and stuff like that and your, your your salary cap issues and things like that if you can if you can be cut if you can move money around and, and bring in the players that you need then obviously you can you can get done what you need to get done but i think he maybe saw the writing on the wall and was that the team's declining and like his his best chance to win a super bowl was probably within the last 3 to 4 years and he's yeah. he's gone past that point now where he probably has just said to himself, "Listen, the uh, like his his arm strength was obviously noticeably on the decline. He wasn't able to like meet like reach that deep ball anymore that he was he was pulling out say four or five years ago." Yeah. Um, I think he's probably he's probably sat down over this over the summer and had, had a conversation with his wife with his kids and just said, "Listen, what do you reckon? Do you reckon?" I can give it one more go or is it time to just like say goodbye and we'll just see how we get on and obviously they've, they've decided as a group that it's best for him to walk away now. I know that I, because I'd, I'd heard something recently about like how um, NFL players' families are affected by them playing those, those, those games, you know. The, the the travel the being away like for those those months of the year that person is basically gone because you've got like x amount of training you know they they, they quote unquote go to work every day but they're also away on like weekends you know if you if you go if your games away you're gonna have to travel on the friday if you're playing on the sunday and all that sort of stuff and for those months of the of the year they are basically gone and it, you know there was a lot of talk about the pressure that that puts on like their their spouse and how they have to take on that that two parent role and how their kids basically don't see that parent for those months and yeah you know it comes it comes back to being a, a family decision at the end of the day and there's a lot oh, of definitely. there's a lot of you know kids out there that uh, you know, they don't want to see their parent gone for that amount of time but it was still a surprise, I thought. Yeah, and especially last year, obviously there was a lot of. <coughs> excuse me, with the, with the pandemic, there was a lot of teams that went into almost a lockdown of sorts for their own sort of team and things like that. So yeah. they were like holed up in hotels and things like that, where they where they were literally away from their family for weeks, sometimes months at a time, and things like that. And I think. I think in like some extreme circumstances, there were there were literally players who didn't see their, their family for six months. Yeah. Basically, they went at the start of training camp and didn't come out until the season finished, which which is basically the end of July through to the like the beginning of January for mm. most people. So, fair play to him. If obviously 
like I said, I mentioned the the, the career yards there. Obviously, it was over eighty thousand. I think I, I don't know if he's still the passing yard leader, or I believe Brady may have overtaken him at this point. But he's certainly in the top two for career yards, and he'll he'll be there for a while because I don't know who the next nearest person on the list to him is. Um, possibly someone like a Ben Roethlisberger or something like that, but. I can't see him. I can't see him getting overtaken by anyone other than Brady within the next four to five years, at least, because I think them two are streets ahead of most. Um, he's not the only person that's retired this off season. He's um, he's followed into retirement by fellow QBs Philip Rivers and Alex Smith. Obviously, Alex Smith came back from that horrific leg break yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, and he was rightly rewarded with the comeback player of the year last year because uh, on on every podcast that I listened to and anyone that was saying basically if he if he takes the field for even one game, yeah. even if, he, if he's only if he's only on the pitch for if he's only on the field for one snap, I mean he's he has to win the comeback player of the year because there was there was serious talk of him there was there was even talk of him not even like he wasn't even going to survive it at one point he almost yeah. lost his life from the uh, the surgeries and stuff like that. There was talk of the leg having to be amputated. I think, at, I think at one point the minimum, like there was a point in time where the minimum was that he was going to lose the leg. Yeah. Um, and the the infection was that bad that, yeah, like you say, it, it was potentially more serious at points. Yeah. So obviously he's, he's, he's decided that obviously in his head he must have sort of said, listen, I just want to, it's not. It's not for anyone else other than myself. I just want to get back on the field and prove to myself that I can do it. And then he's obviously got to the point where he said, "That's that's enough for me. I'm 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 happy with I'm happy with the fact that I've managed to get myself back to a position where I can do it. Yeah. I've done it. I don't need to put myself in the position where I could potentially get injured again. So he's walked away. Obviously, with Rivers, um, he'd he'd only just been traded to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he'd had his first season there. I think the idea was he'd been a lifelong charger and then he'd had the one season with the Colts, which I'd imagine in his head he was thinking, right, I'll have one season where I'll have a, a, like a, one last run at a playoff tilt. It didn't work out for him, so he's decided to uh, to retire and go back to uh, spend his time with his family, which is absolutely fair enough. You can't really argue with that. Um and other other retire other retirees, as it were, um, previous Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman has decided to call it a day. Yeah, uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, Jason Witten, for the second time. Yeah, uh, Greg Olson. Yeah, uh, Marquise and Mike Pouncey, mm-hmm. Mike Ayapati, Anthony Costanzo, Thomas Davis, Sean Lee of the Cowboys, and. Possibly most devastatingly of all, the beard himself, the kicker that just time never forgot. Adam Vinatieri. Adam <laughs> has finally hung up the boot but... and he's decided, no more, I don't need to be kicking anymore. So the theory behind that was... That apparently Adam Vinatieri didn't know that retirement was an option, and somebody filled him in in the off season. They're like, you know, you can retire. He's like, what? <laughs> so that was the, that was the theory that was going on. Well, he's probably he's either that or he's thought hmm, the season's in the winter. 
could uh, could be delivering Christmas presents around the winter time. Yeah. So I can I can only presume that's that's the. Uh, that's he the was worried. Fact. He was worried that it might fall over on a snow day and never be seen again. Because I mean, he had he was he was he was white. That that hair and that beard is white. Um, one one that I saw the other day, uh, Luke Wilson. As he retired, I thought he'd so, been cut by the Seahawks. So, he transferred to the Seahawks. Big announcement. Oh, he's back. He's back at the Seahawks. And the next day announced his retirement. Like, See, a lot of players, a lot of players do that, yeah. don't they? Because they simply want to retire as a insert team name here. Yeah. So, fair enough. Um, so, outside of uh, retirements and stuff like that, there's... Um, I suppose one of the, the big news was uh, Tom Brady signing a, an extension with the books, which will take him through the 22, uh, 2022, yeah, 2022 season. Yeah. Uh, and his 45th birthday. He only gets better with age, which is more the pity because he just keeps on winning. He just finds a better, he finds a better video editor. That's what he does. What can we say? I mean, it's, it's, the latest in a, in a string of him signing team-friendly deals as well, because he was famous for doing this in the, in New England, yeah. where he'd forgo a lot of uh, a lot of bonuses in his contract, which were yeah. uh, very team-friendly. Um, the deal that he signed with the Bucks is saving them nineteen million dollars against this year's salary cap, so they must have back at like I can't think of the. Uh, Backloaded the end of his contract, so he'll get the the majority of his money when he finishes. Um, but it's saving the books nineteen million against the salary cap for this year, money which has allowed them to retain the bulk of their Super Bowl winning team. So that was his. That's what he said. That's what he said was the whole point. As far as he was concerned, he would he would sacrifice as much money as it was going to cost to keep that Super Bowl team pretty much intact. Um, I mean, it's it's sound it's sound strategy. Really. I mean, if you if you know that you're in a position where you're pretty much golden to win for the upcoming season and potentially the next couple, yeah, you would do everything in your power. Yeah. I mean, again, the 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 whole point of when he was in Tam, um, New England that he was signing these, oh, he was agreeing to defer these bonuses and things, is obviously because his his wife is a supermodel, yeah. so they're not. They're not short of cash, so he obviously doesn't need the money. So he's he's definitely as as irritated as he is. He's definitely he can definitely never be described as anything other than a team player. Yeah, is the is the big one off. Yeah, that. I, I was going to say for no for no matter how much I dislike him, a lot of the stuff he does is quite likable. Like you, you know, a lot of the stuff he does is quite adamant. You know, and, and you know, it's quite. It, it, He's quite adamant that he, he wants to keep teams together. He wants to, you know, he doesn't, I don't know how I'd say it any other way than he doesn't probably need the money. So he's quite adamant to keep those teams going. And the stuff he does is, you know, you can't, you can't argue with, it's just, you know, how much of a smug prick he is. But other than that. It is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. So, we've, we've talked about 
We've talked about Aaron Rodgers. We've discussed Drew Brees in his retirement. We've talked about Brady renewing his contract. It's time to talk about trades, Andrew. There have been some juicy trades that mm. have gone on this uh, this this, uh, this off season. The big one of the biggest was actually done almost at the uh, at the end of the regular season. It, it, the details came out where um, it involved the LA Rams. Uh, and then getting rid of yet another set of first round picks. I don't think they've had a first round pick now since 2016 when they selected Jared Goff. And it's what? interesting we're talking about Jared Goff because he was part of the trade yeah. that brings Matthew Stafford in from the Detroit Lions. Whoever so, it is that Detroit- is, whoever it is that puts deals together for the Rams needs taken out back and shooting because I, I honestly don't know what they I honestly don't know what they think they're doing I suppose it must it must be, there must be someone in the analytics department or the, or the budget sort of section that's, that, that's worked out that they can get more value out of free agency and just taking players on for two or three years here and there rather than going in the draft and taking like one of the top prospects and tie them down to a four or five year contract. I can only assume that's, that's what they want to do. Um, but in return for trading away their franchise quarterback, Jared Goff, oh, sorry, uh, the Lions, sorry. In return for turning away their franchise quarterback, the Lions received two future first round picks, plus a third round pick in this year's draft, which was completed in April. And more importantly, from an immediate roster perspective, the Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, but as we said, the, the Rams must just be either allergic to or just despise first-round picks. Because like I said, they haven't had one in five years now. I I, so. I would love to see what the what the mentality is here. Like, Well, it's, you can only presume they've gone for a... There's, there's teams that are in this win-now mentality... Obviously, the books was that last year, and it obviously paid off for him in the end. But there are certain teams who always, who sometimes seem to like, as it were, trade the farm for one piece of the puzzle that they think is going to put them over the edge and make them a potential Super Bowl team. Now, I, I like Stafford; I think he's a very good quarterback, but I wouldn't class him as an elite level quarterback at one of the top of the top five in the league. But He's definitely a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Whether he's sitting, but again, it's all about quarterbacks are only as good as the systems they're playing, I suppose. And if he's given the weapons that he needs to build the offense around him, we'll see. He's obviously been in the league for a long time. He's only he's, he's only ever known Detroit yeah. as his base. It'll be an interesting one because. I don't really know how many more years he's got left in him. Personally, he's 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 taken some hammerings over the years. I don't think he's ever had a particularly good offensive line to stop him from getting absolutely mullered. So let me put it. Let me put it this way: If Stafford's name had been on that list of people who had retired in the off season, would you have been surprised? No, not at all. No. The fact that he's still going is more of a surprise. Yeah, it is, it is a strange one. Um, 
there are there are other uh, quarterback trades on the uh, on the table though. Um, the Philadelphia area, the Philadelphia Eagles sent Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts in return for a third round pick in this year's draft, plus an additional twenty twenty two draft pick. Now the interesting thing about the twenty twenty two draft pick is it could become a first round pick if Wentz plays at least seventy five percent of the Colts' offensive snaps, or if he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts reach the playoffs. If neither of those happen, it resorts to only being a second round pick. Um, the, the bad news from the Eagles' perspective on that regard is that Wentz suffered a foot injury at the opening week of training camp and was expected to be out for between 5 and 12 weeks, which obviously puts his playing time down from the start of the regular season. Obviously, whether he'll be fit enough to start the regular season is massively in doubt. Um, it, it's strange that in this off-season, the number one and number two pick from the, from the same draft were traded away by their respective team. Um, it was a really strange one, this one, for me. Obviously, the Colts needed a new quarterback after Rivers retired. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz, though, I mean, yeah, he's, he's gone. He's gone back to um, his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, when they were both together in Philadelphia. So obviously, Reich's seen something from those days that he really likes. He obviously thinks he's a, a very good player. He obviously thinks there's something in there. The main, the main concern for me is that. He's never completed a full season. Nope. He's always had an injury every season he's played for yep. the Eagles. So I don't know what the Colts are expecting to be different this time around. But we'll see. Fingers crossed that he can stay healthy after he's, you know, returned from shock horror, his latest injury. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the Colts aren't starting their season strong anyway because uh, when we come to the, uh, the, the, the virus list, uh, yeah, the, the Colts, uh, let's put it this way, they're at the top of a particular list. And uh, I think they're going to struggle to put a team out week one. Ah, they'll, they'll cobble. They'll cobble something together. It'll be fine. Um, the quarterback trades don't end there. Um, the New York Jets traded away their franchise quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a 2022 second round pick. This then cleared the way for them to uh, draft their new man in BYU's Zach Wilson, so he'll take over the starting role in New York. Um, after obtaining the services of Darnold, the Panthers then decided to trade away their starter from last season, Teddy Bridgewater has uh, gone to the Denver Broncos um, and he's going to be competing with uh, Drew Locke for the starting position. Yeah, um, I mean, they've already named him week one starter, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it didn't take a genius to work that one out. I mean, he's he's a much better, he's a much better quarterback. I, I, I like how you managed to uh, negotiate around the uh, the words there. Yeah, he's, he's Drew Locke is... is, is Pretty bad. Um, the quarterback trades. Well, the, the 
the big trades end there. I mean, there's no there's no sort of starters that have, that have gone elsewhere. Um, the only other big sort of trade news that I uh, I've got written down is the uh, the Tennessee Titans making moves to uh, increase their already stacked offense. Uh, they've traded for seven-time Pro Bowl with, uh, wide receiver Julio Jones from the Falcons. The trade cost the Titans a 2022 second-round pick, 2023 fourth and sixth-round picks as well. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see all these, uh, all these, all, all, all these trades pan out. As about obviously, it's going to be guys going to new, new surroundings. Some people have gone to to be with like old coordinators and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see what pans out. So after trade talk, it's uh, it's free agency time. So the uh, the big moves were on the defense, uh, from what I uh, from what I've read. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals boasted their ranks by adding JJ Watt, who was granted release by the Houston Texans after we requested it. The Cleveland Browns, meanwhile, picked up Watt's former teammate, Jadavian Clowney, after I believe he was released by the Titans. Um, other, notable, other notable moves include uh, Kenny, Do- uh, Kenny Golladay, the wide receiver, going to the New York Giants. Uh, Corey Davies going to the New York Jets. Will Fuller moving to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick deciding to... Uh, not retire like uh, some other people in the uh, that have been mentioned in the podcast. He's decided to give it another go, seasons. and he's uh, taking his talents off to uh, the Washington Football Team. Um, he didn't decide to try and get signed by the uh, the Pats so that he could complete the set of um, AFC East teams. Sadly, um, but yeah, we'll see how Fitz Magic fit, uh, fits in down in uh, in Washington. I believe he's the starter uh, yeah. as I do. I don't know if they've got. I don't know who else they've got. Really, they've got a uh, a slew of questionable backups. I suppose would be the best way to put it. Um, two more big trades were uh, Yannick Ngokwe went to the Raiders, and AJ Green has finally left the Bengals to go to the Arizona Cardinals. Indeed. Any trade or uh, free agency stuff? From oh, I've got, I got loads. So, um, any any long time listeners of the uh, football uh, American football podcast will know that uh, behind the scenes here at CookieCast, we have a team of bee- bees and beavers working away, getting us all the information. Um, Paul does all his own research, whereas I am too lazy. So uh, got, I got on the uh, on the old dog and bone, got the stats mistress uh, out of retirement, and she has launched over to me a multitude of pieces of information. Now I'm going to work on the principle that there's probably a lot um, that you might have covered off, but um, I've got roster changes. Free agency following surprise cuts, out for the season, and the dreaded virus information. Uh, so I'll just rattle through some of these. Like I say, a lot of information. Um, Cardinals officially placed cornerback Malcolm Butler on the team's reserve slash retired list. Mm. 
Atlanta notably kept three quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, Josh Rosen and rookie Felipe Franks. Uh, despite a strong preseason, Jake Verity was unable to unseat four-time All-Pro Justin Tucker, who will return for his tenth season in Baltimore. Uh, for the Panthers' former XFL star, PJ Walker beat out 2019 third-round pick Will Greer as Sam Darnold's backup. In a close competition, Cooper Rush beat out Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci for the job as the Cowboys' number two quarterback behind Dak Prescott. Obviously, that's something Dak is returning to the role. Um, currently, the Lions do not have a kicker. Because they weigh Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, a week after re uh, acquiring him via trade, the Texans released cornerback Kadar Holman, the Packers' sixth-round pick in 2019. Holman appeared in 18 regular season games with one start. During his first two seasons, Houston gave up a seventh-round pick in 2022 draft to acquire Holman. The Texans also made headlines by cutting former starting receiver Kiki Kuti? Mm. Uh, moving on. Uh, the Chargers bid adieu to kicker Michael Bagley, who lost his position battle against Tristan Vizanio. Uh, the team's kicker since 2018, Bagley made 80% of his field goal attempts and 95.3% of his point after attempts over that span. He struggled in 2020, however, as he made a career low 72.7% of his field goal tries and 92.3% of his point after attempts. Uh, da, 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 da. Shortly after Sean Payton confirmed that Jameis Winston would be the Saints' starting quarterback, the team released Trevor Simeon, who went four out of eight for 59 yards in his only preseason appearance. The team is not done with Simeon, as NFL Network's Tom. I mean, why do they all have Winston? Yeah, has reported that Saints are planning to re-sign him later this week. The plan is for Simeon to be the Saints' number two quarterback, with Tatum Hill expected to be used in a multitude of ways, while also serving as one of Winston's backups. Notable players who did not make Pittsburgh's roster include running back Jalen Samuels and reserve offence lineman B.J. Finney. I mean... I've got... I've got Top three agents following surprising roster cuts, but I think, I think really, we're, we're beating around the bush of what could be the biggest piece of news in the NFL to have happened in the last twenty-four to thirty-six hours because it's the second down on the list. I'm just going to lay out on this one. Why? Because it's your it's your baby to sort of give to the give to the podcasting world. I mean, you've been. I, I think if people listened carefully, they could hear the 
multitude of guffaws that were emanating from your house for literally miles around. Well, let's get let's get we'll, we'll ease in. The first surprising cut who, who has gone to free agency is running back Devonta Freeman for the Saints. There you go. Second is a, a young man by the name of. He's, he's a quarterback. Uh, uh, his, his name is Cam Newton. Uh, for the Cam Newton for the for the Patriots. And isn't the league better off for it? Honestly. It was it was you that told me. You told me, and I was like, "What? What?" It it, it as I've said on multiple group chats in the last few days, it's hands down some of the best news I've heard in a long time. And there's this thing that's like, oh, you know, there's talk about where's he going to end up, where's he going to go. I threw one out the other day talking about Fitzpatrick. I was like, he should go to Washington as Fitzpatrick's backup. He is terrible. Let's let's uh, let's all agree on this. He is terrible, and he should there's just abs- go. There's absolutely no way he doesn't end up on a roster before the season starts. I pers- I personally think he'll end up in Houston, but because it just doesn't make any sense for him to, with the ongoing stuff that's going on around the Sean Watson. Which I'm pretty sure we're not going to get into because it sounds murky. Um, yeah, it, to me, it, it's a no-brainer for him to sign a seasoned vet who knows what he's doing, knows his way around the like pitch. It's a bit of a free hit for him, really, because his salary ain't going to be much. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll end up in Houston. I won't tell you where I think he'll end up. The the bench at someone's his own house. I don't know in in, in the corner as a hat stand because that's about all he can achieve. Um, running back Jordan Howard was uh, cut by the Eagles. Wide receiver Travis Fulgham was cut by the Eagles. Uh, Travis Benjamin, wide receiver Travis Benjamin. Uh, it was called by the 49ers. There's a bit there's a bit of blurb here. Uh, I think you picked up Ha Ha Clinton Dix was also cut by the 49ers. Uh, but Travis Benjamin joined San Francisco 49ers in 2020 but chose to opt out of the season. He was looking to earn a spot with the 49ers before suffering a head injury in the team's preseason final against Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday and subsequently getting cut on Tuesday. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know whether he'll be talking to, uh, to taking legal advice on that one, but um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else you've got, but I've got some out for the seasons. I don't have anything on injuries, which is annoying because from a fantasy perspective, that's what people need to know. Okay, so uh, each one of these has got. A write up, but the write ups are quite substantial. So I'll try and uh, I'll try and cut it down somewhat. Carl Lawson, defense for the New York Jets. 
Uh, Lawson's injury is a brutal blow to New York Jets. Uh, it was a prized free agent acquisition in the offseason and impressed everyone during training camp. It's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and would have improved the Jets' defense tremendously this season. Jets fans will now have to wait another year to see their superstar pass rusher in action. Uh, Cam Akers running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Akers was primed to be the Los Angeles Rams lead back in 2021. Last year, he had a promising rookie season and was set to blossom in Sean McVay's offense until he ruptured his Achilles during a July practice. McVay's potent offense is expected to be better than ever this year, primarily due to the acquisition of quarterback Matthew Stafford. Akers would have been the perfect player to open the passing game out of the backfield, but now we'll have to wait until 2022 to see him on the field. Jacob Phillips, Phillips even, uh, LB for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jacob Phillips would have been a f uh, would have formed a stellar linebacker duo with, with Jermaine Awusu Cora Moa. No, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> At the, heart, no, at the heart of the Cleveland Browns defence, but a bicep injury will keep him out of 2021. Uh, there's a load more there, but I'll skip that. Devin Funchess, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Um, he hasn't played in the NFL for almost two years, but was slated to complete for the uh, wide receiver two job in Green Bay and start opposite Devontae Adams, but now he won't even have a chance to impress on the field. Funcher signed with the Packers during 2022 off-season, but opted out last year due to the virus. He returned on a cheaper deal for 21. Packers are struggling to keep Aaron Rodgers happy and losing talent as Fulchers will only compound the team's issues. Uh, and finally, Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, on Monday, Jacksonville Jaguars rookie running back Travis, that guy, exited the field after just three snaps in the team's loss against the New Orleans Saints. The team and its fans were hopeful it was nothing more than a strain, but the, uh, the worst fears were confirmed uh, as his injury see him miss the entire 2021 season. While the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't short of good options at running back, he was poised to play a significant role, not only as a runner, but as a pass catcher as well. His injury is a substantial blow to the Jaguars, a team who could not be doing with substantial blows. Um, I've got some stuff about the virus. Uh, I believe you might also have some virus-related stuff. Yeah, well, should we, should we leave that till we'll leave that till like the end, and we'll we'll finish on we'll finish on virus. Gate or whatever. Um, I've only got a couple of other things to go through. Um, first one, something quite big. Um, so, away from trade news and free agency, I've, uh, the NFL made a huge step uh, towards equality um, with Carl Nassib feeling comfortable enough to become the first active player in the league to come out as gay. Nassib made the announcement on Instagram saying, one day videos like this and the whole coming out press would be unnecessary. But until then, 
I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, which I thought was pretty good. Yep. Uh, it's it's everyone always says the sort of we're, we're at a point now where no one we're, we're a world where no one should feel like they can't be honest and like sort of be true to who they are as a person, and it's it's definitely true. It's like, like no one should ever feel like they can't. Yeah, they shouldn't be worried about being open about like the sexuality and stuff like that. And it was quite, it was quite nice with that actually because I remember, I remember seeing things on Twitter. I think um, so. Obviously, Roger Goodell is the, um, I think he's the president of the NFL and so mm-hmm. that. He came out, or oh, the commissioner. Sorry, he's the commissioner. Yeah. He came out and said um, it was brilliant that he's, he's felt like sort of comfortable enough to come forward and he said that the, the league has or he has the league's full support in any sort of initiatives and anything that he wants to get involved with things like that um, a lot of his teammates like said like put out really sort of nice like heartwarming messages to mm-hmm. him and sort of that saying like they felt really proud of him that he was happy to sort of like announce like that, that he was he was gay to the world and stuff like that and they were like yeah don't, don't ever feel like you have to hide anything like around us and so that, which I thought was great. Um, so it's just it'll just we'll have to wait and see if anyone else feels that they're, you know, supported enough in a position where they can come out and say the same things and stuff like that, and not yep. have to live in secrecy and things like that. Um, not quite as big as as that as that's pretty massive, but um, uh, in a change to previous campaigns, the league owners approved a rule change to allow running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, uh, defensive backs and linebackers to wear single-digit jersey numbers. Mm. So previously, the only players that could wear such numbers were quarterbacks, kickers and punters. Um, there's, been, uh, there's been a couple of players who have changed so yeah. far. The notable players that have changed numbers have been uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's moved from number 20 to number 7. Uh, Patrick Peterson has moved from number twenty-one to number seven. Must be a must be a defensive, uh, must be a cornerback thing, that because uh, I think they're both cornerbacks that have moved to number seven. So mm. must have been something with their college number, because yeah. in college no restrictions yeah. over squad numbers and things like that. So players just pick whatever number they want. Generally, um, DJ Moore. Uh, is I think he's a wide receiver for the Panthers. Yeah. He's moved from number twelve to number two. Um, expect more changes to come in the twenty twenty two season when players won't need to buy out the existing inventory of jerseys sporting the old number. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing yeah, that was, it was said. Players, if if they wanted to, they, they could make the change, but in order to do so, they would have to buy out the existing stock of all. Um, like paraphernalia and stuff that, that yeah. bears the number that they've got. So obviously, um, in a sort of a different stance to how football teams in in England and Scotland and well everywhere really, um, obviously, say Man United have their shirts support, uh, spon- uh, supplied by Adidas. Middlesbrough mm-hmm. uh, there supplied by Hummel. Uh, Chelsea's done by Nike, etc., etc. The, the NFL don't have that. They have a, an agreement with Nike 
to supply all of the team's jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sold through the league itself. Obviously, each team will have their own specific club shop, I suppose, would be yep. the closest thing you could say, as a, as a similar thing to the uh, what we have here in the UK, um, where you can actually go to the stadium and purchase the jerseys from the shop there. Uh, but if you were to buy them from the, on, on the internet, if you're buying an authentic jersey, it will be bought from the NFL as a whole rather yeah. than from the team in question. Um, so they've just said to anyone who wanted to change the number, they just have to um, yeah, buy out the existing stock. That's all I've got apart from the COVID stuff. So um, finally, the league sent out a statement threatening forfeits and the loss of game checks should an outbreak of COVID amongst unvaccinated players cause an unresolvable disruption in the regular season schedule. Unvaccinated players already face severe protocols this season, including daily testing, mask wearing and travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. So they're uh, obviously with everything that happened last year, they didn't lose they didn't lose any games to COVID last season, but they had to um, they had to rearrange about four or five, I remember. Yeah. There was there was one there was one situation where I believe was it Baltimore versus Pittsburgh was supposed to be a Thursday night game and it ended up being changed to a Wednesday. I think it was almost played a week later um, due to a, a COVID outbreak. Obviously, there was the situation with, I think it was the Washington football team, where all three of their... Oh, no, it was the Denver Broncos, sorry. Where all three of their quarterbacks had to isolate yep. because of outbreak, and they ended up having to put in a wide receiver who played some quarterback in his high school days, so not even in a college Yep. He had to he had to play the game as a sort of a wildcat quarterback, and uh, needless to say, they didn't win. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I've got. So, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a couple. Well, I've got more than a couple of bits. Um, overall, player vaccination rates are around ninety four percent. After a relatively smooth operation of the preseason, three teams found their plans altered by the virus the tennessee titans one of the most highly vaccinated squads in the league saw coach mike Vrabel, quarterback ryan Tannehill, and seven other individuals some players some coaches test positive for the virus Uh, the buffalo bills also had a member of their training staff tested positive forcing wide receivers cole beasley and gabriel davis to quarantine as unvaccinated close contacts a few states over, the ex-Patriots quarterback Cam Newton had to isolate from the team after a misunderstanding over off-site testing protocol for unvaccinated players on their off days and missed four practices. Obviously, that's something that we didn't discuss because uh, something that's been cited as a reason uh, that Cam has been dropped is his uh, refusal to get the vaccine. Um, but... That, that's that um and as i mentioned earlier the colts vaccination rate reaches league low after roster cut downs uh half of the offensive starters reportedly unvaccinated i believe it's something like 46 percent of the colts uh are, are un, on, on the unvaccinated side of things and that has affected them because they now have a shed load of players on um, 
Well, it's it's IR now, isn't it? As uh, that it's IR slash the the, the, vac- the vaccine. One of one of the most high profile players who has refused to get the vaccine is um, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, who. Listeners slash viewers to the podcast over the past couple of years will know I have absolutely no love for, as he is dreadful. But he he came out and said rather than get the vaccine, he would just build himself a perspex box that he could live in. I I I think this this needs to stop here because this is not a subject that I'm prepared to get into because it. I I feel hot. Something that uh, Sam would say would be it's a hot button topic. So I think I think we shall leave that there and get on to the fun stuff. As I mentioned previously, uh, week in week out, uh, in theory, we should have guests aplenty. Our fantasy league is quite hefty, and uh, what that means is free podcast guests, obviously. Uh, a lot of those will be seeing uh, two tours of duty on the podcast. Uh, and on their first tour, they will be asked a series of questions about what they think is going to happen as far as the season-long predictions are concerned. Paul, give us a rundown of the categories, if you will. So, Andrew, we have season-long predictions as follows. We will be picking the regular season league MVP. We will then move on to pick the two teams we feel will make the Super Bowl. The team that will win the Super Bowl. And the player that will be chosen as the MVP in the Super Bowl. Correct. So, how would you like to do this? Well, it's up to you. I haven't written mine down yet. This is an empty space in the book. I have nothing written in front of me. So, I, asked, I can give you my regular I, season MVP if you'd like. Go on. Go from there. Go on. So, the player I would like to pick as my tip for regular season MVP... Is shock horror a quarterback? Because they never get picked. No. Uh, it's a quarterback in the AFC. I'm going to go building the suspense. I'm going to say. I would like to pick Josh Allen. Of the Buffalo Bills as my oh. regular season MVP. Interesting. That is a really good choice. I did have a fear you were going to steal mine. Uh, and you haven't done. So I would like my pick to be somebody who might have had a mention on the podcast so far. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Back to back, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, in case you're wondering, uh, before before record before setting this off to record, I did ask Paul if he had last year's book to hand, 
that that was maybe a hint for uh, the, the 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 need for cut copy paste for for certain for certain picks. So, how do you want to do the next one? Well, since I went first in the last round, why don't, why don't you give me your Super Bowl matchup first? Okay, so um, my Super Bowl matchup is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And they're going to face a team new to the Super Bowl, new to facing the Buccaneers, uh, a little-known team called the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am predicting a back-to-back Super Bowl. And, going all in, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be this year's Super Bowl winners. At this point in time, and I've said this for... I said, I was saying this last year a lot. There is only one thing that is going to stop Tom Brady now, and that is him retiring. I think at the point in time that he... He basically got everything he wanted out of the out of the Buccaneers situation. He got he got a situation where he could call his own plays. He could build a team around what he wanted, and it paid off. That was last year. They won the Super Bowl. What do you think it's going to look like this year? <laughs> They're going to be like, do whatever you want. Just let us know. Just let us know where you want us to send your Super Bowl ring. That's basically what it's going to be this year the only way that that will be a downfall is if like ego gets involved from what happened last year with the with the chiefs and the, and the way it went for them do we think that they might have possibly been building up their team to take on basically the buccaneers so so that's my pick for the Super Bowl this time round, and my winner. Okay. Can I uh, throw out uh, an MVP, or do I even need to ask? You don't need to ask. It's Tom Brady. Do you know how much it pains me to say everything I've just said? Well, there was arguments that he shouldn't have even been the MVP in the last Super Bowl. No. Like, like one of the defense should really have won it, to be fair. Yeah. But it's just the easy thing to give it to the give it to the starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, interesting thought, but I don't agree with any of it. Why would you? Well, exactly. Uh, I'm going to borrow a portion of your season-long MVP. So I'm going to borrow your regular season MVP, Aaron Rodgers' team. Really? Make the Super Bowl. So they've fallen the final hurdle. So they've lost back-to-back NFC Championship games. I think third time's the charm. I'm liking this. And I'm going to borrow... My regular season MVP's team, 
Buffalo Bills. Really? Ooh. I, I think I think I'm all in on I think I'm all in on the Bills this season. I really I, I think Allen just sort of last season he, he went to that next level. Yeah. And I think if he can if he can recreate that sort of form this season, they should they should be able to uh, you know be there or thereabouts at the uh, come business time. Now, as to whether they'll have enough to win it. That is the question. No, I'm I'm gonna go for uh, I'm gonna go for the Packers to win. Yeah. Now, I mean, he's gonna be winning. There ain't gonna be a situation where Aaron Rodgers wins a second Super Bowl and doesn't get MVP, is there? So? No. So there you have it. First, first predictions in the books. Her, her books. Um, Andrew has selected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs to repeat the Super Bowl. He has chosen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl and Mr. Brady to get another Super Bowl MVP. Correct. I have gone for the Green Bay Packers to face the Buffalo Bills. The Green Bay Packers will win, and Aaron Rodgers will get the MVP. I mean, honestly, both solid picks. Um, I, I unfortunately feel, from like going going back to the reason I've gone with that pick, I unfortunately feel that. We're just going to see, for, for the for the foreseeable, we're just going to see these two teams just keep coming up against each other. And it's the it's the unstoppable force and movable object sort of situation. Um, and I think we're going to be seeing, like I say, a lot of it. Certainly, I would go for the next, this season, next season. Mm, so, we shall see. Um, anything else from you, sir? Anything that we've missed? That has brought us to the end of my stuff. And mine was done a long time ago. Mm. So that's that. And this time-ish, next week, week one, baby. Week one. Oh, beautiful stuff. Thank you to you for joining me and taking these lovely people through pre-season all the information that they need to know in their fancy drafts or just sitting down to watch the games. I look forward to another season. And, uh, yeah, we're back, baby. We're back. Love it. Right. Thank you very much. And I will see you lovely people later. So there you go. What do you think to that? Off-season done, pre-season done. All that's left now is for the first kick to be made and those games to get started. Oh, so exciting. If you're watching us, great. If you're subscribing, better. If you're listening, same. Uh, Wherever you're getting your podcasts, do subscribe because it means a lot. Jump over to cookiecast.com, drop us a line and let us know how you're getting on. So there's that.
So that's it for this one. Until next time, which will be week one. I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. See you.